real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. Be sure to grab your free copy of my list of 27 tools, resources, and software programs I use to run my businesses on a tight budget. You can get it at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash 27 tools. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash 27 tools. Welcome to the show, Lori Ann Ainsworth. Ah, thanks for having me, Sarah. So excited to be here. Well, can you give the listeners a little bit of your background and story and how you got into this area sure. of business? Yeah. So my background is in marketing. So I started in a corporate world doing marketing and I, like everyone else, climbed the ladder and was, you know, that was my whole drive until I became a mom for the first time. And I was like, okay, I want freedom. I want fulfillment and I want to stay at home and, you know, watch my baby grow. So I got the entrepreneurial bug. Well, it bit me and I jumped (laughs) and I got bruises (laughs) from the jump (laughs) and I understood what it meant to be an entrepreneur, certainly a bootstrapping entrepreneur. So I took my knowledge of marketing and I started um, a business and that business grew and I still have that business. My daughter is going to be eight years old this year. So my business is almost eight years old. That has been a journey in and of itself. But being an entrepreneur and being a mom and doing all the things, I burnt out really, really badly, which led me to doing what I'm doing now, which is helping other women to still attain success without having to burn out because this is something that I experienced. And what I realized was that when we start to really focus in on something like our niche, focus in on one niche, get really good at something. And that something being really aligning with your talents or what you're good at and what drives you from a purpose perspective. Because when you align purpose and you align your strengths, then you're going to find a niche that is super successful for you because you're going to have the motivation, you're going to have the skills to do it. So while I was going through that and recognizing how important it was to find my niche, I also recognized as an entrepreneur growing a business that I also had to put income in my pocket because (laughs) when we grow businesses and we get revenue, it doesn't mean revenue in your pocket, right? So I ended up working, supporting some entrepreneurs with my marketing skills. And I ended up recognizing that I loved working with other entrepreneurs and I could lend my marketing skill set to them to help them to grow their businesses, which long story short, that led me to the Branson Center of Entrepreneurship, where I'm now the CEO running Richard Branson's Center of Entrepreneurship, as well as doing my business, which is a thriving CEO, helping women to find their niche and not burn out. (laughs) So that's my story. (laughs) Yeah, I'm curious about this Richard Branson Center. So is there just one center or do they have centers all over the place? So we are the Branson Center Caribbean. So our mandate is all of the Caribbean, but it was also started in South Africa. So there is a Branson Center 
of entrepreneurship South Africa. We do different things now, but there is one center we're headquartered in Kingston, Jamaica. So how did you get that? I can't imagine being the CEO of anything that Richard Branson's involved (laughs) in. That's insane. How did that come about? Yeah. So, you know, that was a very interesting story for me too, because as I said, coming out of corporate where marketing was my background and moving into the business enabler space where I was now leading a part of the lead team for a tech accelerator, utilizing my marketing skill set again. I actually started to liaise with persons who were working at the Branson Center and we started to build a relationship because we're in the same space of accelerating entrepreneurs, etc. Anyways, one day I met the then CEO of the Branson Center at a farmer's market. And because she was aware of my skill set and they were just moving from Montego Bay, which you have been to, Sarah, <laughs> they were just moving from Montego Bay to Kingston. And she said, hey, I would love for you to come and head up my developmental communications department because, you know, we're starting afresh. We have a new team, etc." And I was like, OK, sure. Fantastic. And I was really excited to work there. Three years later, the opportunity came up and I became the CEO. So my whole path of being in corporate and taking a risk on myself to become an entrepreneur, growing that business is what led me to being the CEO of one of Richard Branson's <laughs> organizations now, right? One of his nonprofits. And I would have never imagined that taking that risk at the time, being a new mother, leaving a steady job, a good job that I had actually accelerated to would have led me to where I am now. And to be honest with you, when I had to go back into the workforce, when I had to support myself being an entrepreneur, I actually started back at a very entry-level position, which was extremely hard for me to do from an ego perspective, right? Because when you are climbing the ladder, you think that you're going to keep going and you have to be really humbled to start over. But the path that led me here now really accelerated. So I had to trust my gut, my intuition, and just know that taking a risk on myself and my skill set was what got me to where I am now. Yeah, that's awesome. So then the Thriving CEO, that's your own business. And I guess that's where you help women entrepreneurs decide what they want to do, what kind of business they want to have and how to run it. Yeah. So because I found that when I was going through my own burnout, I recognized that it was coming from confusion and just this chaos in my life of wanting to achieve and not really understanding what to do to achieve success. And whether that success was financial success, fulfillment, or freedom of time to do what you want, I recognize that in order to get to that place, we have to prioritize what's important. Because if we just chase what other people tell us to chase, you know, we look at entrepreneurs and we say, okay, they did that. So that means that's the path I should take. It's going to lead you down a path of burnout and frustration. And most people burn out because they're operating from a place where they're not working in their zone of genius, meaning that they're not working from their talents that are innate to them and their strengths. So helping women to get to that point where they recognize, hey, what matters to me most? What's important to me in life and in business? 
How can I take my strengths and optimize those to solve a problem, a business problem that is going to bring me fulfillment, freedom, and financial security? So that's what I help women do now, really get clear on their niche so that they can avoid that burnout and avoid that chase, avoid all of that frustration of just trying to figure it out, rise above the chaos. What are some ways to avoid burnout? Is it delegating some tasks to other people or what are the different ways to avoid Yeah, that's that? a great question. So I have this 4S strategy, I call it, my 4S framework, where the first one is self-mastery. And that's talking about looking at, okay, what am I good at? What problem am I best at solving? What are my skills? So getting clear about that. And that's what I call self-mastery because a lot of times we're told to strengthen our weaknesses. I mean, I'm sure everyone can attest to when you're in school, you know, they tell you, hey, you're, you're great at math, but you're not so great at English. You have to strengthen that, right? And so we're never told that math that we're good at we should strengthen that further. Or when we're in the corporate world, you know, you're always told what your weaknesses are and how to strengthen that. When we think about self-mastery, we want to look at what those strengths are and optimize them. So that's the first step and trying to find work within that area. So whether you're in a job or whether you're an entrepreneur, which those are people I mostly talk to, looking at how can I create work that's keeping me in my zone of genius? Which also leads to your next point with that you said, you know, delegation, which is the support piece of it. How can you get other people to support you? Because team is absolutely important, especially for entrepreneurs. A lot of entrepreneurs have this idea that bootstrapping means you have to go alone or, you know, be a solopreneur. Truth is you need people in your corner. It doesn't mean that you have to hire a team. You could be outsourcing, but you also need support from a network. So even if it's having a network, being a part of a mastermind, being a part of people who can support you to do what you need to do, that's going to be very important. The next one is systems. Having systems in place to support you is absolutely important. How can you automate things in your business? How can you create habits, which I call systems, creating habits to strengthen those strengths <laughs> that you have that will allow you to continue to manage your time so that you're focusing on doing work in your zone of genius, which means you're flowing and you're doing work that feels easy. And when we do that, our brains create habits, which makes it even easier for us to do it. Just like when you're driving a car home from work and the car drives itself because you do that route so many times, it's the same way we create a system by creating habits so that we're operating in that zone of genius and we're flowing, right? And my fourth S is self-care. So important. We have to take time to prioritize our self-care, getting our non-negotiables. If you work optimally with nine hours of sleep, you need to get your nine hours of sleep. If you're somebody who works optimally with six, get your six hours, right? But make sure that you're getting, you're putting all of those things as a priority because when you take care of yourself, it means you're going to show up better. It means you're going to make decisions that are better. It means that you're going to be working in your zone of genius a lot better. Things will become clearer for you. So that self-care part is important and self-care means something different for everyone. It might mean exercise. It might mean eating well. It might mean reading something or it might be talking to someone who lifts your spirits, whatever that means for you. Make sure that you're putting that at the top of your list so that self-care is critical. So just to reiterate, strategy, right? I mean, self-mastery. We're looking at systems, we're looking at strategy, and we're looking at self-care. So those are my four S's to help you to avoid burnout. Oh, I love that. I love how you've divided it into different sections and they all start with the yes. same letter. I'm, That's a marketing I really side like of it. When people do that. <laughs> 
So how do people, if they're not sure, how do they discover their zone of genius? Yeah. So, and you know, it's not a, it's not a simple process, but it's a process of self-awareness. So when you start to really track what are some of the things that I do that really light me up? What, and we're talking about your strengths. So, you know, what do I do best? What do people tell me that I'm good at? Right. And once you start to really stop and introspect and reflect on what people are always coming to me and chatting to me, what does that mean? What am I talking to them about? Even asking people what you're good at. Those are clues. Those are little breadcrumbs that are going to bring you to the path of trying to discover what you're good at. For me, for example, it took me a long time. I remember I would just constantly be like, oh, would I just get clarity on what I need to do? And I'd constantly be like, asking the universe for clarity. And here I was talking to other people who would just come to me randomly and they're seeking clarity and getting advice from me to move them in a particular direction. So after I would help them to get clarity and remove their chaos, I was still chaotic in my head, not recognizing that I was able to move people from chaos to clarity with coaching, with empowerment, and being able to see what they couldn't see, which is my strength. And that's why I'm able to help people to kind of nail their niche and find their zone of genius. But those are things that you can do, but also something that I find that works really well in terms of looking at your purpose, because I think your purpose is very much related to what your zone of genius is, is looking at what is it that I needed help with? I like to tell people that we teach our own medicine. So sometimes when you look at what challenges we are experiencing or what challenges we've overcome, that's usually the number one indicator of where you should be going in terms of the work that you're meant to be doing. And I don't say that in a destiny kind of way, but I'm saying that in a science-backed way that we are looking at people. There's been a lot of studies where people who have had an emotional trauma or they've had, they've dealt with something emotionally that they want to help other people overcome as well. So we tend, again, as I said, we tend to teach our own medicine and that is usually some kind of clue or something that really bothers you in this world or in work or whatever you're doing. Something that bothers you is usually the best way that we can figure it out because people don't have a tendency to to look at, oh, I really love that, or they mistake their passions, which are hobbies, for that drive or that purpose that's around their zone of genius. But I find that getting to the things that we dislike, that we want to see a change in, is a better indicator. When people have asked me before, like in interviews or whatever, how do people figure out what they want? They know they want to be an entrepreneur and work for themselves and all this stuff, but they don't know what they want to do or what they should do. And I say, is there something that what you were saying, is there something that people tell you repeatedly that you're good at? Is there something that you like doing? It's maybe a hobby, but you could see how you could turn it into income or something you're really educated on that you could teach or train. I think starting with something like that because it's you want to start with something that you feel like you could stick to like for me for example when I was trying this that and the other thing on online business like drop shipping affiliate marketing blogging all that stuff I was just kind of trying stuff because I heard about it and I wanted to try it out but I it wouldn't stick with me it wasn't until I got to podcasting and I had no idea that podcasting would be what I enjoy doing or could see myself doing long term or whatever but yeah it's just one of those things where you gotta do something that you can see yourself doing for a yes, long time exactly <laughs> I mean and that I think it's a sustainability part of it that's a sustainable part so as you said 
said, you know, many entrepreneurs, many of us who are entrepreneurial minded have tried all of those things, the drop shipping, the business opportunities that come our way. And the truth is that an entrepreneur is someone who is searching for a business model. They're searching for something that's going to work. Is there a real problem? Do enough people have this problem? Are people willing to pay for this problem to be solved? But that's only one step. And that to me is like the textbook and you need the textbook entrepreneurship 101 but i think the other part the sustainable part is okay am i going to be in this for the long haul you know is this something that lights me up is this something that's utilizing my strengths so for you sarah you know being able to interview and talk to people and connect with people so often is something that you're strong at and so you're utilizing your strengths to deliver all of these messages to people who need to hear it who come and listen to your podcast all the time you're really doing work that i'm sure you love <laughs> and when we find something that we love that we can stick with it's going to make the difference between quitting and continuing and seeing where this thing can lead to. And it will most likely lead to success when there's consistency and there's strength there. So I think the two need to go hand in hand. Yeah. And I recently started a podcast production agency because I was editing my own show and people would compliment me on it. So I was like, well, why not get paid to do it for other people if I enjoy it and I'm good at it? So, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah. And you're helping people now get their messages out there in the world through podcasting. Right. And that's the other part of it is mm-hmm. the impact. When we do work that mm-hmm. impacts others and we feel fulfilled because there's impact there, it's not just about the dollars and cents because that too is fleeting and people will keep doing work until they say no more because they're not feeling fulfilled. So when you're able to impact other people positively, that's also another crucial step. So good for you with the podcasting mm-hmm. agency. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I think as entrepreneurs, we tend to have shiny object syndrome. I know I have, and that's part of of why I did a million different things. Well, not a million, but you know, trying to find the thing that stuck, but it was like you would hear about or see something and you're like, oh, I want to try that or I want to try that or what. What is a good way to, I mean, I guess the first step is being cognizant of when that happens, like knowing that you're getting shiny object syndrome. Great question because I think everyone who's entrepreneurial minded is somewhat a creative and I think we all get shiny object syndrome. I know I suffer from it all the time and I've had to create boundaries because it's so easy for us to say yes to opportunities and oh yes I'll try that and I won't put all of my eggs in one basket so I'm going to you know do all of these things but it's very hard for us to say no. Now, this is why I think it's so important for us to get the clarity around what is the purpose, what's my purpose, what am I proficient at, how can I profit from this, looking at that's your whole niche, and when I'm clear about this, and I know that this is the direction that I need to go in, then I'm going to create a habit to say no to the things that are not going to help me with this thing. And I think when we don't have that awareness, it's somewhere in the back of our head, but it's not clear. Maybe it's not on a piece of paper. It's not something that we've declared. It's easy to get caught in the shiny object syndrome. But when we do get that clarity and we have that conviction, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is where I'm going to move. Then it becomes easier for us to say no to those other opportunities. We're, we're saying yes to other opportunities because we haven't found the thing. When you find that thing, that niche, that area that you're in, it's becoming so easy for you to say no. So easy. That's exactly what I found. It was like once you find that thing, you you know yeah. at that point and you stop 
I mean, you might still get ideas here and there, but you're not always going after everything and trying everything. Exactly. Well, at least that's how it's been for me. So with your thriving CEO business, once you help women discover what it is that they are meant to do and whatnot, is it kind of an ongoing, like you guide them through the process or is it kind of like you help them come up with an idea and kind of the initial beginning steps and then they're kind of on their own after that or how does yeah, that Yeah. So, you know, when I started doing what I'm doing, coaching and so I was really helping people with the business side of things, helping particularly women who are leading their own businesses, who are CEOs of their businesses to kind of streamline and get their systems in place so that they could operate more efficiently. Now I'm going back to the previous part of that where I'm making sure that what they're doing is aligned with what they're good at and what they're passionate about or you know, I don't really love to use that word passionate because I also think it's misleading, but what their purpose is and what will make them feel fulfilled and get accomplished what they want to accomplish. So once we do that, they're going to have a clear roadmap. And I particularly love to work with people who are in the service-based industry where I can help them to find their niche, get clarity on their messaging, and then create a framework that they can use to go and do consulting, write a book, become a speaker, everything that they need out of this one framework. So I carry them through that, not just getting clarity on their niche, but actually creating a framework. Some people call it a signature system, particularly in the coaching world, but I find it works really well no matter what your business is. And it helps you also to avoid that shiny object syndrome where you master this one framework. So like Sarah, I'm sure you have a framework for how you create podcasts, how you edit, etc. And having a course with that same flow will allow you to, and you have books. I'm sure you've written books on that process. You can talk on that process. You can coach people on that process, but it's the same process. So that's what I do. So when people leave me, they're absolutely clear on what they need to do. They can start executing immediately. You don't need to go and take another course or the courses that you do have, you can use now in a better way because people, especially as entrepreneurs, we buy so many courses and programs and we have them sitting down on our hard drive or in the cloud somewhere collecting dust, right? Because we don't know what to do with it because we've been stuck. But once you get clear on this and you have this framework, then you can start going back to some of those programs and reusing them and really get yourself moving forward. But at the end of the day, you really don't need anything else. Once you're clear on your niche, your message, you know how to tell people exactly what you're doing in a very clear and succinct way, and you have a signature framework to execute on that, you're good. I know I've been there where you spend an entire day just learning something, you're exhausted and like, okay, that. And, and guess what? And I can't do it actually. I don't know how to use WordPress or I can't put together that graphic or whatever or social media. And so, yeah, that keeps us stuck and it keeps us stuck because we're, we're searching for information because we, we think that what we have is not enough. We think that what we're doing is not enough. And so we try to get more and we get more courses and more courses because we're not clear about what our strengths are. We're not clear about the work that we need to do in our niche when what we really need to do is take action. And I like to say clarity is a heart of action. Once you have clarity, it means you can now start taking action and stop sitting down and being passive in your life and your business, especially if you're doing work that's service-based, meaning you're coaching or consulting or whatever you're doing the best way you're going to learn to do it better is by doing it. The only way I got clarity around what I wanted to do, even in, in my role as CEO of the Branson Center, in my own business, Thriving CEO, where I'm coaching people, the only way that I figured out 
what I needed to do or what was driving me was by coaching. And I realized I don't like doing this thing and I don't like doing that thing, but I really love doing this thing and getting better at it and getting proven results by actually doing it is going to be the best thing that you can do for your business. Take action, imperfect action. I'm wondering, how do you manage, find the time to, you're the CEO of two businesses then, Branson Center and then your own, and then you have kids and all of that. So time management, that's a big issue, yeah. I think, for people. This is like the big elephant, right? Everyone wants to know how to manage our time better because the truth is we all have the same 24 hours. But the first thing that I had to recognize was I cannot do all the things. And I had to be okay with not doing all the things, right? It didn't mean that I wasn't going to be good at my job, good at running my business, or being a good mom and wife, but it meant that I had to give myself grace in certain areas. So for me, every day, I do drop the ball somewhere, but I keep the important balls up in the air. So that is why it was so important for me to clarify what's important. What do I need to do and what can I let go of? Because especially if you're like a perfectionist and perfectionism is usually something that people who are constantly learning and constantly wanting to be better are perfectionists. And, and I know that was certainly my experience. So how I manage my time is just ensuring that I have my priorities. I know what it is that I need to do to move my business forward. I know what I need to do for my family. I know what's going to get dropped and what's not going to get done. And I'm going to give myself grace and allow myself the space to do that. I think that what's most important is that we all define for ourselves what having it all means, what balance means, whatever your circumstances are whatever, you know, you're balancing, whether you're a mom or not, whether you're a business owner and you have, you know, aging parents or you have friends, you have different things happening in your life. What does it mean for you? And for me, it came back to what do I want to feel? And this was such an important exercise for me. And I did this with Daniel Laporte's Core Desired Feelings. I love that book. And I went through looking at what do I want to feel when I was able to hone in on those feelings. And for me, it was ease, nourishment, joy, creativity. I realized that if I was experiencing those things, mostly on a daily basis or, you know, as much as possible, then I was achieving my goal, not necessarily the thing. So the thing, you know, write the book, get the job, get the this, those are great. And I have those, but I'm striving towards making sure that I feel nourished, that I feel creativity, that I feel joy and I feel ease every day. And when I put things in my life to feel those things, then I'm winning and it motivates me to keep going. So that was something that I had to prioritize again, as I said, being okay with dropping the ball and putting things, prioritizing things that were important. Does that make sense to you? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Finding out what's priority and what order yeah. to do things in and things yeah. like that and having a system and all that. Well, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time. You answered a lot of good questions, I think, that a lot of people will have. And people can find you at thrivingceo.co. Right. And if people are interested in learning more about the Branson Center, that's Branson Center, that's C-E-N-T-R-E, yeah, .co. And then I'll also have show notes at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash Lori Ann, and that's spelled L-A-U-R-I-A-N-N. -N. Any other uh, last words or anything else that you wanted to well, share? Well, I mean, we've spoken about quite a bit, but, you know, I would encourage everybody to find your niche. Look for what matters to you mm -hmm. and what your strengths are, and at all costs, try to work 
within your zone of genius. And so life will be a lot Mm -hmm. happier, more joyful. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Be sure to grab your free copy of my list of 27 tools, resources, and software programs I use to run my businesses on a tight budget. You can get it at thesarahsingjohn.com forward slash 27 tools. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash 27 tools. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.